Good afternoon and uh, welcome to this, uh, what is promising to be a very fascinating conversation we're going to have in the, for the next 30 minutes, uh, 25 minutes actually. Uh, we don't want to shave off your lunch. Uh, we have with us, as Samir already mentioned, India's Minister of Environment, Mr. Bhupen Yadav, who has uh, been at COP26 and is preparing now for Sharm el-Sheikh, the next COP27. Uh, so let me start this conversation, Minister, with uh, a very, very straightforward question. You know, with every successive IPCC report, the alarm bells ring louder and louder. And every IPCC report repeatedly brings out uh, the, the catastrophe which is awaiting us in a few years. But every COP continues to disappoint. And COP26, uh, many felt, was perhaps in a long line of COPs rather, rather, rather disappointing. What is your assessment? I've read your blog about it. You have your own very strong views. You, you've called a spade a spade. I think that is one of the few environment ministers who does not believe in being politically correct on these issues, who's very frank, who lays things straight with a straight bat on the table. What was your assessment and what is your assessment for, of COP26? And what is India doing to prepare for COP27 at Sharm el-Sheikh? That is my first question. Uh, thank you, Sanjay, very much. And uh, thanks to you to invite me this uh, prestigious event and this uh, honor uh, gathering also. What you are raised the question about that uh, whether the discussion in COP is really fruitful and what we achieved. This year, 2022, is a 50 year of the Stockholm Convention. And after that, the UNFCCC formed 30 years ago. And every year, the policy makers come together and discuss about the future of this planet. We know there is no other planet, there is no planet B. Now you raise the question about the IPCC report which says that and giving a call about the future aspect of this world. As per the COP26 is concerned, some few achievements were there. First, it is a demand of developing countries that we must define the definition of climate finance. Ultimately, they are agreed that some committee they form and it is a matter that what is the exact meaning of climate finance. Loan is climate finance, subsidies are climate finance, private finance is a climate finance. Second is about the major demand of developing countries is about the adaptation. We know that adaptation money is only the 25% of the finance. And developing countries need more money for the purpose of adaptation. As per the disappointment is concerned, it was the pledge of developed countries in Copenhagen. Then they provide $100 billion to the developing countries. But they are not able to fulfilling their own promise. Second thing, if we want that world will come together, then definitely for the purpose of fighting the climate change, 
the technological transfer is necessary but even that is not coming in a way which is required so these are the two major things which is disappointed to the developing countries and after that i want to uh, uh, say one thing that india is a f- among the few countries is g20 who fulfill their ndcs who g- achieved their target but even the mitigation measures and net zero promises and ndcs made by the developed countries we know that after cop some countries says that there is no need to enhance their own ndcs this is a serious thing about the future of the cop minister at uh, uh, cop 26 india put forward the five point program panchamrit uh, there are a lot of questions about that and possibly the audience may also like to ask some questions about the panchamrit uh, could you you know detail as to what is the thinking that went behind this panchamrit and what does it really consist of yes india is the not part of the problem before we announce the panchamrit what is the stand of india i want to clear here that india is not a part of the problem but it want and will be a big part of solution that's the reason our prime minister shri narendra modi ji announced the panchamrit in cop 26 the panchamrit is first india will reach in non fossil fuel energy capacity to 500 gigawatt by 2030 second india will meet 50% of its energy requirement from renewable energy by 2030 third india will reduce the total projected carbon emission by 1 billion ton from now onward till 2030 fourth by 2030 india will reduce the carbon intensity of its economy by less than 45% and fifth by the year 2070 India will achieve the target of net zero. The Panchamrit announcement have extended our commitment even further. In every sector of our economy, resolute domestic mitigation action are underway already. So, by Panchamrit, India giving a action. Apart from Panchamrit, the India is partner of three major forums also. for the disaster resilience infrastructure india made a forum with uk for the purpose of clean green energy is concerned india is partner of lead it with sweden and with france india announced a forum of international solar alliance and in this cop 26 our prime minister along with the world leaders announced the new initiative under the is international solar alliance that's a one sun one world and one grid these are the major initiatives started by the india for the purpose of fight for the climate change and the action of india not in terms of only announcement action of the india which terms to achieve the uh, target of the world and india again i repeated india is among the few country who achieved their ndcs which they announced in 2015 in paris that's the achievement of india no ambitious projects like uh, one sun one grid i mean they 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 very very ambitious projects 
require tremendous flows of finance. They require tremendous flows of capital. Uh, when we start discussing these issues uh, at climate summits, is there some traction? Do you, do, you, do you see some of this finance coming forth? What are the problems you foresee? Whether technologies are forthcoming, whether finance is forthcoming, and are these going to be genuine roadblocks which eventually are going to divide the climate debate between the North and the South? Yes, uh, uh, climate finance is the aspect. Earlier I said, and it was a promise of developed country that they will provide the finance. The finance is concerned, that is a major challenge to the developing countries. But India's climate action and India's climate plan is the development on, of its own country. We have fixed our ambitious plan for the purpose of 500 gigawatt. What we fixed earlier, we reached that. You know, Prime Minister Sri Narendra Modi ji gave word about the climate justice also. So, enhancing our energy needs and fulfilling that means we are provide more and more energy to our common people. India believes that action plan of India to achieve the net zero for the transformation of not uh, only the one part of country, we basically believe the transformation of our rural part of our country also. And definitely we will achieve that, but our Prime Minister already raised in Glasgow, even the $100 billion is not sufficient in today's world, it requires $1 trillion by the developed countries. Uh, there is, of course, the issue of what form climate finance is going to take. Uh, and do, do you think that even as far as private investments and private finance is concerned, is there sufficient flow coming into the emerging economies uh, for genuine climate action? Or there is a lot of talk, but there is neither green technology nor green finance actually forthcoming, even, say, as viable loans. You know, pension funds investing into India or uh, you know, hedge funds investing into India in the green sector. Uh, there are two aspects. First is about the India is concerned. Second is that India is the voice of the developing countries also. As per the India's achievement is concerned, definitely so many ease of doing business steps taken by our government, so many other things taken, uh, steps taken by our government and we met to the other countries, uh, ministers and all, uh, we, all the persons, concerned persons, we know that they are ready to invest in India because of the policy, formulation, action and the destination and the geographical situation. In all this aspect, they are ready to finance in the India and our government is also doing for that purpose. But as per the climate change debate is concerned in terms of developing countries and developed countries, if because climate change is not subject related to the one nation, one boundary, one area. It's impacted the whole world. And you know, the IPCC report says that the impact of climate change uh, has more uh, uh, impact on the vulnerable uh, uh, countries those who are already poor countries. So India's stand is, as per the green action, green energy and achievement of the object is concerned, India is also working on that. We are fulfilling the transformation of our country. We are achieving that for the purpose of the same living level playing field for the whole world. India feel that climate finance and technology transfer must be provide to the developing countries and that we raise at the international uh, platform also, even in the COP also. That's the reason. First time in, in, in this COP, COP26, in the final declaration, maybe they are not providing the climate finance, but 
it's mentioned in the final declaration that developed country feel deep regret about that. So they are coming on the consensus that they are not fulfilling their uh, promises. But I think in future it will be happening. So is, uh, you know, there's lots of other trouble right now happening in the world. You, we are seeing what is happening to energy prices. We are seeing what is happening to commodity prices across the world. And uh, inflation, rising interest rates are becoming a genuine threat. Now, th these directly impact the future of finance. Uh, would you say that the climate is not right for climate action? Is this the fear which is developing? I don't think so, because challenges always come to, uh, to uh, achieve your targets and all these things. These are the things which, uh, which are important and every country take a decision according to the situation, according to their circumstances. But when we talked about the climate uh, change and we talked about the consequences of climate change, it's not related to the one nation or one country, it's a problem of whole world and that's the reason every year we organize the COP. Let us we sit together think together and take a action about the futuristic challenge which we are facing, all humanity will face. But here is the question is, what you think, what you decide, whether you are able to fulfill it, especially those who are capable. Okay, my last question before I turn this over to the audience and open it out uh, to them. Uh, I'll just uh, like to place uh, some, some figures for India in perspective for the audience also. Uh, when India says that it is going to do 500 gigawatts of non-fossil fuel energy by 2030, please understand that India's total installed capacity today is about 400 gigawatts. So what we are really saying is that the bulk of the addition which is going to happen is going to be almost entirely in the renewable sector. Now my question to you is, is this too ambitious? Is this achievable? Are we going to do it? It is achievable because we have already achieved what we announced in Paris. So our track record is very good. Our government commitment, action, policy, uh, taken decision taken by the government is so effective in this manner that what we announced, we achieved all these things. Well, more power to you certainly. Uh, can I now open the floor up for questions? There are mics placed you know, around the room. Just find a place and uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, if, as far as possible, keep your questions brief. Do not make them commentaries so that we give the minister time to answer. We'd like to keep you in time for lunch. Hi, my name is Akanksha and I'm a Raisina Young Fellow. Uh, my question is for the minister. We've seen an influx of climate migrants in India, especially from the Sundarbans. Could you speak about the policies and plans in place for these displaced migrants and their well-being? Your question about the Sundarban? Yeah, the displaced climate migrants. Sundarban, Sundarban area? Uh, especially from the Sundarbans area because yeah. we're seeing a large number. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sundarban is the area situated in the West Bengal of India. It is under the uh, transboundary of two countries, 40% uh, part in India, the remaining part in Bangladesh also. And uh, it's a uh, tiger reserve. But uh, apart from Sundarban, I want to say, add one thing also, that uh, India is very much committed to preserve its biodiversity as well as its wildlife also. Presently, we are having a 52 na uh, national tiger reserves area 
apart from Sundarban, we are having 51 tiger reserves also. We, we are a so much good uh, record for preserving this uh, tiger reserves area that out of 51, 17 tiger reserves get the international accreditation this year. 60% of world population of tigers lives here. The geographical situation of Sundarban is very important. It's a rarest uh, mangrove area of the world. We are, uh, we are very much uh, aware about that. And uh, because if we preserve the Sundarban mangrove area, we are also uh, protect our wildlife. Not about Sundarban, the other area also, we are doing so much thing. We are the, that's the reason Recently, we are amending our Wildlife Act as well as we are amending our Biological Diversity Act also to give a protection of our biodiversity area as well as to give a ABS, access benefit right to our local people. Yes. Hi, my name is uh, Kira Finke. Kira Finke from the German Council on Foreign Relations. And first of all, congratulations to your achievements in uh, emissions mitigations um, and your points on climate adaptation finance are well taken. Um, I have one question, though, which also is about the Shundabans and um, the uh, power plant, the coal power plant that is developed in Rampal in Bangladesh um, with Indian finance. Also, a German company is involved in this. Um, I think this goes against um, the climate protection goals. Um, could you comment on that a little bit and what needs to happen for India to also um, stop the financing of uh, coal-fired power plants abroad. Thank you very much. Climate goals is bound by the one principle. That principle is CVDR, Common but Differentiated Responsibility, according to their national circumstances. We believe that we are determined to achieve our economic prosperity as well as fulfilling the aspiration of our people. We, are, we feel that those countries who have already get the major share of their carbon emissions, they, are, uh, they can't stop to developing countries to fulfill the aspiration of their people. So that's the reason we are, not, uh, uh, we are very much clear not phase out of this coal. There is a phase down. That's the reason simul simultaneously India is committed to enhance the capacity of its renewable energy. But at present, for the purpose of achieving our development goal, the necessary coal plant must be continued and run in this country. Uh, one last question, because we are running out of time. Thank you. Ulka Kyakar from WRI India. Minister, what is what do you see as the role of sub-national governments, states, cities and districts, in achieving India's net zero target? Thank you. We have a federal country, we have a national plan as well as a state plan also and that's the reason we, our state is a federal government. Now the things is about the grassroots level, the awareness, the mitigation action, the adaptation and the other policy, there is a coherence and there is a Convergence of the uh, all uh, actions must be together. So there is a, a scheme is also, there is a regular meeting is also, coordination points are also. So from panchayat to parliament, every uh, a, 
every uh, stage, the local governance from the central government, they are working together to achieve this target. So there is not uh, any uh, achievement which is alone done by the central government. All are doing in a federal structure in a cooperative manner. Sir, do you have a question? Okay. Yes. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I, my name is Mohammed. I'm from uh, Egypt, and I'm with the Kenyan Pillows. So you mentioned, sir. Uh, you mentioned, sir, about the technology transfer that's still required. Uh, what technologies do you think uh, are urgent and are important to uh, to uh, help achieving the climate goals? Thank you. As per the technology is concerned, definitely for the purpose of green uh, green technology is concerned, there is so much technologies are there which is which must be transferred. India is also working on some new green technologies like a hydrogen mission and all other things. Let us this technological achievement must be shared by the all countries because for the purpose of climate change it is required that whatever the green technology advancement is there that must be given to the developing countries also. Second, if we want to really go, uh, really get the correct data about uh, the, what is the exact uh, position of the world, then for the purpose of collection of this data, the new technology is required. This time it is agreed, it was agreed in the COP26 that uh, the uh, total requirement of this thing must be provided to the developing countries. So purpose to receive the correct data purpose for the solution of the problem and purpose to getting the more green uh, energy to the developing countries. These type of technology must be uh, transferred to the concerned uh, people and the country also. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Minister, for this uh, excellent conversation. Uh, I still you know, remember the key points which you've repeatedly made. Uh, I would like to repeat this for this audience. Uh, Prakriti Rakshita Rakshata. If you protect nature, Nature. Nature is going to protect you. That's a motto of our department. Yes. Yeah. So that is really what uh, you stand for. And uh, I all, all, all the best of luck to you uh, to achieve these rather ambitious goals. Thank you for being here with us at the Raisana Dialogues. Thank you very much. And thank you to all of you. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to Policy Pod, the ORF podcast. Please subscribe to our channel for updates on upcoming episodes.